This conference will now be recorded. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Ann Ortley's weekly weather. We're a little we're a little late this week. It's been actually a couple of, a couple of rough weeks. Um, last week I was in Cincinnati, and then the week kind of flew by. Uh, a couple of funerals um, this week. It's up, but it's up late. <laughs> so I apologize. Off we go into the weekly weather. <clears throat> okay. First up, the eclipses are coming. The eclipses are coming. It's always an exciting moment when the eclipses arrive. We find them uh, arriving soon. They're going to be arriving on the uh, 14th next week. Um, and we are having Spica and Arcturus on the south node, which is ending and changing relationships. What happens when we get to, um, we get to the eclipse season, the nodes really slow down. So these two fixed stars, which are actually two very nice stars, are parked on that south node for a couple of weeks. So we're going to really see a redefinition in the relationships in our lives and in the world. We also have this really big Yod up there. We know Yod's fingers of God mark times of change in our lives. We have the third, uh, the, the Yod that Venus formed, plus we have one with Mars involving the outer planets that are all about change, change, change. Part of the reason the world is so wild and crazy right now is we have outer planets changing signs. And when that happens, we realize that we're end, at the end of a very big cycle and getting ready to go into a new cycle. So with that in mind, one of the things that happens is we really feel, we really feel those changes. And I know in my case, uh, I'm having a Saturn on my moon on top of it, and I have a bunch of planets in the early degrees under seven. Um, my Saturn, my Mercury, my Venus, my uh, Mars, my my moon, my midheaven. So, been a little rocky over here at Ann Ortley's house. Um, lots and lots of changes, and uh, forward we go into the eclipses. We know they're coming. We know they're big. We know they hit important planets in our chart. Um, and because you're a listener, uh, they probably are hitting your chart pretty hard, too, because our charts are connected because you listen to this podcast. Um, like, you know, your planets land on mine. and you, So this has been probably a couple, rough couple weeks for you. So we're going into this weekly weather this week as the eclipses are coming. The eclipses are coming. So we're going to do a brief look at last week. There were a couple of aspects then that we didn't get to because we didn't have a weekly weather, which I'd like to talk about, and then we'll go into this week's weather. Um, so last week we finished up September, and we went into October. These are the dates in October. We can see we're heading towards a Pluto station on October 10th, and the beginning of the week, uh, this week, has a lot of Mercury. You can see Mercury up there doing a lot of stuff. Okay, we're almost finished with Venus in her retrograde. Um, she stationed her shadow on the 19th of June. Um, she stationed on the 22nd of July. So we're going to watch then because Venus is stationed at 28 Leo and she hits that point this week on October 6th. So as she leaves, Virgo, leaves and goes into Virgo on October 8th, we're going to really feel that option and that choice that we faced in July that perhaps we didn't take then, but now we will take. And then, of course, on August 13th, 
we had the Venus Sun conjunction. So this is a big week for re for recapitulating, uh, finalizing, talking to you about what your Venus story is and what your Venus journey is. So that's a component of the energy of the week. We also have Mercury leaving Virgo on October 4th. Um, he entered Virgo on July 28th. So think of it, we've had Venus in Leo June, July, August, September, right? And now we had Mercury in Virgo, his favorite sign, July, August, September, and now leaving Virgo on October 4th. So on September 30th, uh, Mercury left his shadow, so the ghosts are done talking to you, and he leaves Virgo on October 4th, which of course means that we have a sign change for both Venus and Mercury this week. So when planets change signs, we're going to shift. So Venus is going to go from a fiery, passionate energy into a particular fussy, organizing energy. And Mercury is going to go from his favorite sign of Virgo into air, where he's going to talk a lot rather than doing things. But he's in communication. You know, Mercury Mercury doesn't dislike air signs, but Venus really doesn't like Virgo that much. All right, so uh, early last week on Monday, we had Monday the 25th, we had Mercury trine Jupiter. Now, one of the features of this energy that we have up there, aside from that mystic rectangle that you can see, is we have a big old grand trine in Earth, right? We have Jupiter and um, Uranus over here in Taurus. We have Pluto in Capricorn, and we have Mercury in Earth. So Mercury trine Jupiter, and then over the week, he went forward and he trined Uranus. This week, he's going to trine Pluto. So this is a very, Mercury as he moves forward. Now this is the, <clears throat> if you remember, the, this is the third time he's done it because he got as high as 21 um, and now he's going backward, now he's going backwards over these points and activating Jupiter again for the third time. Uranus he did not get to before and Pluto, but he is activating them too. So big energy of change, Uranus trying Pluto encourages us to change uh, and Jupiter of course is expanding things so it's expanding the change energy in our lives. We had a full moon last week on Friday and that full moon was at six degrees of Aries and Libra. Of course that was right before the government shutdown which was narrowly averted uh, by a bill that was passed on Saturday. But that full moon helps you see things. But remember, Mars is on that south node. Uh, and the south node is on Spica and Arcturus, ending relationships. So we saw a lot of brouhaha, a lot of relationships shifting. Think about in your own life. But we do see Venus here, Juno, Venus and Juno partnering and saying, hey, let's partner and move forward Venus and Juno forming a trine to the north node in Aries. So there's an energy of shift and change. Moons in Aries opposite the sun. If we go back to the lunar phase family, the last time this happened was April 1st, 2022, when the new moon happened at 11 uh, degrees of Aries and the sun, the sun and moon were both at Aries. And then last December, of 2002 when it was an Aries moon and a Capricorn sun and now we're at the full moon seeing things in a new way and then we will have 
the uh, closing square next summer when the Aries moon will be uh, again at this degree, 740 with the Cancer Sun. So think of this as the longer two and a half year cycle. And if you think back to what was going on April 1st of 2022, you'll see that story culminating in your life now. Um, the planets for this full moon were uh, moon and sun on the part of life, a lot of energy on the part of passion and moving forward, and how am I wounded, Chiron, is on the part of nobility and honor. And Mars, opposite the part of marriage. So there's a marriage, relationships breaking up. Think in your own life, think in the world around you. That full moon brought stuff to light for people to look at and say, do I stay, do I go? And, and if I stay, how do I stay? Uh, as we've been talking, the, as I keep speaking about on my, my daily podcast that I send to my Patreon subscribers, Spica and Arcturus are on the south node. Spica is the partnership planet. Arcturus is the planet of honor and relationships and, you know, seeking that higher vision. Both of them are in the place of the dragon's tail. Both of them are wasting away, shifting, changing, leaving. Jupiter is a menkar, which is a star of, of, of digesting things, seeing things. It's the whale's the whale, the, the constellation of the whale. So there's an energy there with a very loud truck outside. Uh, there's an energy there of, of um, noticing. Uh, we also have Jupiter and Saturn on Cassandra. Uh, <laughs> always, Cassandra's always interesting because it means prophecies will be made on this full moon that will do things. And we also see Saturn here opposite Phaeton. Now remember Phaeton had a fall from grace because he um, uh, he um, didn't listen to advice, didn't listen to what he was told to do and he flew too high and the wax melted on his wings and he crashed to earth. So we're in this energy of a crash to earth of someone who flew too high and we also have Uranus on Circe and Circe, of course, is a powerful star. We also have Neptune on Pandora. So, like, uh, if you think of Pandora's myth, she opened that box. You know, they said, hey, don't open it. She opened it. And when she opened it, she unleashed the spites. So we're going to watch that full moon unleash the spites. And later, when we get into our politics section, we'll talk about the spites that were unleashed on that lovely uh, full moon in... Aries and Libra. Um, next up on Friday we had Venus squaring Uranus which she's now done three times because she's heading towards her station point. So Venus square Uranus is a break. Again a clarification. Got a lot of noise on the street right now so we'll let that let that siren roll by. Um, Venus square Uranus gives us a very strong energy of knowing we're in a crisis of needing to take action and Venus square Uranus is breaking away and that was on Friday afternoon and we also have Jupiter here on the world point um, which is uh, you know been it's been basically parked at 14 15 of Taurus you know making everything bigger wider brighter and we have Mars now on a world point in Libra uh, for Friday. So that break that happened on Friday, last Friday, the 29th, 
there was some kind of breakthrough, break apart, break down, whatever that was. And we also have Venus slowly moving into her finger of fate that she's in all week long, okay, this week that we're in now in October. Uh, we also had an ear in the sky. I pulled the records out a little bit so you could see it. What ears are is when a planet sits at the midpoint of two planets in a sextile. So Venus and Juno are sextile to Mars and Libra, and both of them have a semi-sextile to Mercury. So on Saturday, you heard important news. Of course, they're what we averted the government shutdown, but we also had a... Um, we heard something, or people heard something. So think in your life what you heard on Saturday the 30th about this week's activity and also about the choices that you're going to make. Um, we also had on Saturday Mercury trining Uranus. Mercury's in that grand trine in Earth, remember? He trined Jupiter early in the week, and then he trined Uranus, and now this week he's going to trine Pluto. So this grand trine in Earth is forming Grand Trine and Earths want to get things accomplished and done, and it is actually in the form of a kite with Neptune at 25 Pisces, which is the direction we're heading in. So if you have planets at 25 Pisces, and all of us, we're having whatever the new dream is, because it's being activated as Mercury forms this Grand Trine and Earth and says we need to go forward and do this, we still have Jupiter on a world point. We still have the Sun and Venus, or the Venus and Juno moving into a finger of God this week. But there's a lot of energy around needing to make and take and make decisions about the direction we're heading in, which was what last week was about. Like, I think we need to head in a new direction. I think we need to take a different approach, a different plan. And now Mars is exactly on the world point of 22. Um, Libra. Now the eclipse that's coming uh, is at 22 Libra. That's going to be the one that happens on the new moon on October 14th. So we'll have a new moon webinar that will cover the eclipse. will cover the eclipses as well as the new moon, and that will be on October 13th. For those of you who like a little more advanced notice, it's not up on the website yet, but it'll be put up there next Sunday. Um, on Sunday the 8th. So, but no, we, we're heading towards an eclipse. So we're in the eclipses are coming phase. The eclipses are coming! The eclipses are coming! Get ready. Get ready. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. And it's a real whopper. Uh, because it's on a world point And it has this really funky configuration up there uh, in the heavens. So this is the week that we set up that eclipse and head towards that new moon on the, on, on the 14th. So that's big. And so this week is particularly loaded, and next week also, until the 14th, uh, with lots of energy of change. Now, you've been, it's been happening in your chart. You've been watching it. You've been feeling it coming in. Um, in my case, you know, it's been a lot of people leaving. I've had lots of funerals. I'm currently waiting for two more people to pass who are in pretty advanced hospice place. Went to a funeral last week. It was beautiful. Out at Greenwood Cemetery. Been to it was another funeral the week before. Um, you know, the one the ones that are dying now are both in Chicago and in Florida, so 
I don't have to go to those funerals, but it it's just for me it's a big week of losing been a big couple weeks of losing people. Um as well as some health matters surfacing for me, so I've been going to doctors. So, you know, it's just, it's the eclipses. What do you want to do? They kind of bring up stuff and they say, okay, go do this. And, and I'm like, all right, I, I am, I'm working on it. So we have Mercury trining Uranus on Saturday, leading to a breakthrough. So we didn't have a government shutdown, but we also had a setup. So think about what you learned on Saturday, uh, the 30th, that helped you figure out, okay, now we have to do this. On Sunday, we had Mars, the planet of war, in the sign of Libra, on a world point, form a quincunx to Uranus. Now, a quincunx is uh, part of a finger of God, but it also is, I'm going to make an adjustment, I'm going to do something, I'm going to change something, I'm going to take action. So if you had some adjusting energy on Sunday, where you said, okay, because you did this, now I'm going to do that. Remember, these nodes are very active, and they're trying to look at the things that you're in relationship with, we're all in relationship with, and change them up. So we're going to watch this next couple weeks as these, this action unfolds, what is changing up with the idea of a new moon, and then two weeks after that, when we get to the 28th of October, we are going to do the emotional processing. But right now, this is a waning moon, stuff is going out. Leaving, done, finished, gotta go. Hasta la vista, bye-bye, baby. Um, so <laughs> it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger going, I'll be back. It's like, I'm out of here. So uh, do your best Arnold Schwarzenegger voice and know that it's a change. Um, we also on Sunday had Sun join Pallas Athena. Now Pallas Athena, a couple weeks ago, quietly slipped into Libra, and she's meeting up with the sun. So she has a strategy and a strategic approach that she's taking. And we also see the Mars on that south node there on a world point in Libra, speaking to the changes that need to happen. And of course, there's that ear in the heavens. Juno, Venus, Mars, and then the sextile to Mercury at the listening point of the ear. But Mercury, of course, is also involved in this grand trine in Earth about how do we take action, how do we get things done. So there's it's just a really interesting mix of forward, but not so fast. But also remember, Icarus, don't fly too high or you're going to have your wings melt and you're going to crash into the sea. So, uh, you know, just caution with this. Just And remember, eclipses give us this sense of urgency, like, oh my God, i got to do it right now. i got to do it right now. Can't wait a second longer. Yes, you can. This has been going on for a while. You don't need, but it is a time when eclipsing, we want to take action and make things leave. Um, so eclipsing also means to rise up, right? So eclipsing means to rise up and take over. Eclipsing means to leave. And this eclipse runs right across the face of the United States. So it's going to be a big eclipse for us, just saying. Um, and it traces the path of the eclipse that we had when COVID came in, uh, the eclipse in August of 17. And so we're having this eclipse coming in. So again, it's a big one for the United States because we watch where the path of the eclipse runs because that's the hot spot on Earth. Uh, and so the United States is the hot spot on Earth with this eclipse coming in next week. 
Um, but in the Mercury opposite Neptune, clarity, clarity, we see things. That was Monday. The scales fell away from our eyes. And I actually was like, I think I have enough space and time to do this podcast. So I started working on it yesterday. Um, and I'm a Virgo, you know, we've been, Virgo girls have been working hard, I just want to say. So, uh, so here this Mercury-Neptune, whatever you saw that was clear, cleared uh, yesterday when Mercury left Neptune. And now he sees clearly and he's ready to go forward. We also then have on Tuesday, Mercury trining Pluto. Um, and so that energy of setting off that grand trine in Earth with Jupiter Uranus in Taurus, Pluto in Capricorn, and Mercury's trining Pluto, that grand trine's active, the kite is active, we're setting sail towards a new destination, Neptune is the head of the kite, and we also have a lot of planets on the world points. We also have Mars Mercury entering Libra, which he does on Wednesday, and he's on a world point in Libra. He's at zero of the cardinal axis. For those of you who go, what are this world point thing she's talking about? This comes from the Iranian cosmobiology, synchronicity, whatever school you want to call it, of um, astrology founded by Vita and Ebertine, um, but observed many millennial. So the energy of zero cardinal, and 22 and a half cardinal are, are points of fame. Fixed, 15 degrees of fixed, uh, and then seven and a half of the mutables. Now, do a degree orb on either side. So we also have planet, when planets are at 29 of the mutables, they're on a world point. And those are the people that invented post-it notes. Like, you don't know who invented, you, you can probably Google and find out who invented post-it notes. But technically, you just know post-it notes. So um, that's the energy of the world points. They create something that's visionary in the world. So Mercury enters Libra on Wednesday, uh, and it will then, it's been in Virgo, remember, for months now. And now it's going to enter Libra, and it's moving forward. And it's on a world point in a, in a hard aspect, a stressful aspect to Jupiter, also on a world point. Uh, so there's a very lot, a very, very, very much energy, very, a lot of energy, very much energy. I don't know. I haven't had my coffee yet. There's a lot of energy around making choices and the choices we're going to make, new ideas and new approaches to things. So forming in the heavens, as Venus leaves her retrograde shadow, we also have this big old yod, this big old finger of God, with Venus at 25 Leo. Quincunx to Neptune first, and then going to be Quincunx to Pluto over the next couple days. So fingers of God offer faded choices. Thank God and Adam in the Sistine Chapel. So we have this huge finger of God that's forming on Tuesday night, and it's pointing at stuff and encouraging us to step forward as Venus goes over this point that she stationed on last July. Right? So this is this is decision time. I had quite a few people call when the um, when Venus was retrograde. You know, I'm breaking up. I'm ending the relationship. I'm, well, now is when we find out if you're really done. Uh, that first week in October. So this is it. We're here. Um, I can think of like eight people off the top of my head that are waiting to find out or 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 going. Yeah, yeah. The relationship really is finished. I can see it's done now. 
I can see I've moved on. So this is a crystalline point. Uh, you know, think of pointed things that point to you or, or point to your heart and encourage your heart to think about what it wants in partnership and relationship. We also have Mars on Wednesday diving into the South Node. Now remember, Arcturus and Spica are on the South Node and will be through the eclipse because the nodes slow down at the time of the eclipse. So they're basically sitting there. So this is a relationship change time. This, this eclipse is going to really change our relationships, clear out things that we've been in relationship with for 19 years, nine years, or just say, I'm done, I gotta go. And Mars, of course, rules the north node in Aries, and it's on the south node in Libra, answering to Venus at the apex of this finger of God, right? So Mars is like, uh, you know, kind of think hot air balloon and throwing the, throwing the sandbags over the edge so it can take off. That's seen in the Wizard of Oz when the wizard's starting to fly and Toto takes off and Dorothy hops off to go get Toto and, and the wizard, he can't stop it, the balloon's moving. I'm like, bye Dorothy, bye, bye citizens of Oz, I'm out of here. And Dorothy saves her dog. But the, the balloons are taking off. You're taking off. So that's going to happen Wednesday. And it kind of flips us into new energy. Then we have a finger of God forming with Mars on that south node in Libra. And Mars is quincunx to Neptune and to Uranus, which he's been this week. He's been approaching that in conjunct since Sunday, right? Um, so Mars quincunx Uranus and Neptune says change, and we don't know where we're going to go once we do the change, Neptune. We're making the change, but without a clear vision of what's going to happen. And Mars is on the south node. Now, Mars is the planet of war. It's in its detriment there in, in Libra, um, and it is answering to that Venus, who's also at the apex of a finger of God. So there's a lot of energy here around choices made. Be conscious, conscious, conscious of your choices. Sometimes people will make them for you. You don't have a lot of choice. Other times things come up and say, hey, I need to make a choice here around this situation. And indeed you do. And so on Thursday of this week, that finger of God forms with Mars, the planet of war on the south node, forming a finger of God to Uranus and Neptune. Now, if you've been paying attention, you're going, but Anne, isn't Mars and Venus in a, in a sextile? Aren't they in an ear? And the answer is yes. So we see taking forming all week from Tuesday through the 8th, uh, from October 3rd through the 8th, we have this massive configuration in the sky. Now think about it. Mars and Venus in a sextile. They were forming the ear where you were listening to things. Mercury popped at opposition to Neptune and he said, I can hear clearly now, not see clearly now, but I can hear clearly now, or maybe I can see clearly now. The change is coming, right? So that sextile that Mars and Venus have, what it does is it sets up three linked fingers of God. So we have a finger of God with Neptune as the apex, with Mars and Venus as the legs, and Juno's with Venus, like who's part, 
who's going to you with who's going to you with the at the dance? So there's a there's an apex, a finger of God there with Neptune saying, I don't know where the hell I'm going, but I know I'm going somewhere. There's another finger of God with Mars as the apex, and the legs of that finger are Neptune and Uranus. And then there's a third finger of God, which is the one we've been dealing with since Venus went into her retrograde shadow and stationed in July, which is Venus as the apex. So this is an interesting configuration because three uh, fingers of God that are linked, that share legs, which allows them to be very focused, and then a sextile and a trine between two other planets, and those are, um, those are in sextile, and then two squares. So you can see there's what's called a Healy in there, which is the square between Pluto and Mars, and the square between Venus and Uranus, and then the trine between Uranus and Pluto, which is part of that grand trine in Earth, and then the sextile between Venus and Mars. So it's a Healy, which is like a helicopter or a fan blade, helicopter, Healy. You, you fly. So if you think of the aerodynamics and you look at your ceiling fans, or you look at your fan blades, in any fan in your house, they are set up in a Healy. Helicopter propellers, right? The little thing on the top that makes things fly. That's what we got in the sky this week, a helicopter. A cosmic helicopter that's going to carry us off into new directions. And we're going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's going a little fast. I'm on the ride. Oh, my God, I'm on the ride. And you are. You're on the ride. So hang in there. This giant helicopter is launching you into the future and shifting your focus. And then, you know, with the, there's a kite. There's a big old kite in the sky, a grand trine in Earth with Neptune as the apex of the kite. And so this energy is very much about how do we take off? And because Mercury left the Earth and shifted into air, he's flying. He's flying us. We're really learning a whole bunch of stuff, and we're launching into a whole new direction. So three fingers of God that form a Healy and a helicopter pad, a helicopter launching pad. Think of fans. When you turn the fan on, suddenly everything starts to move. The air flies. We're having that this week, starting Tuesday through the 8th, right? So that's through next weekend. Um, we also have Venus entering Virgo. Not her favorite sign. Girlfriend doesn't like Virgo, but that happens on Sunday the 8th. And she goes, oh, we took off, okay. And, I, you know, if we go back to the Wizard of Oz analogy, and Dorothy's there with her little dog, and the wizard has flown off, and then Glenda comes and says, hey, you can, you can get home to Kansas. No problem, you got the heels. Just click them together. And I remember watching that movie. This is like one of my pet peeves. I love the Wizard of Oz on many levels. But one of my pet peeves. She could have told her that at the beginning when she landed that damn house in Munchkin Land. Once she took those shoes, she had the power then. She didn't know she had it. But she had to go through all that crap with the witch and the cowardly lion and the scarecrow. And, the, and, and, and they were all her friends. It was good. She made a lot of friends. She had a lot of adventures, melted the witch. But she could have gone home anytime she wanted. So just remember that. This is that energy. Uh, you know, you got the power. Venus going into Virgo, it says, you got the power. You can go home anytime you want. No problem. Go ahead. Go, go. And so as Venus shifts into Virgo on Sunday, we rest from this week of change, which is always a good thing. 
And then we also on Sunday have Mars square Pluto. Now remember, Mars always builds up, right? And when he's exact, it's done. So Mars is exactly square to Pluto at 9.04 p.m. on Sunday. So we're in a war right now. And of course, we are looking at refunding Ukraine. We're also, uh, there's been a turn in the war in Ukraine. We're also in a war in our life where we have to take action in a way that gets us to a new place and the nodes of fate are coming, you know, to us, to invite us to change, to shift, to move in a new direction because that's what the planets are asking us to do. And this is the week it happens. Now the eclipses, are we recover from kind of next week and then the eclipse happens on the 14th. And it says this is your new life. So get ready, wild week ahead, and, you know, hang on tight. That air balloon's about to take off. That Healy that we have is going to fly us off into a new direction. Now you want to look, if you have planets between 24 and 27, or almost 28, the planets between 24 and 27, 28, are very, very active. So just know those planets are super active and really doing things. So there's a lot of forward motion here with this stuff. And you're in the you're in the groove. You're in the groove. All right. So hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to deal with the week ahead and the eclipses that are coming on the 14th. This is the decision making week. So this week the sun October 1st through the 8th the sun is rolling from 7 to 15 Libra. As mentioned, it has um, the, the, a lot of meeting. The sun meets up with Pallas Athena and forms a decision. There are a lot of health aspects this week, particularly the third and the fourth. And as often happens on eclipse times, it's a big time of change and departure, also for people and for relationships. So, um, the, the people I'm waiting for now who are in hospice, who are leaving soon, are um, long-term partnerships, being partnered, you know, 30 years, uh, 60, 60 years. They're gonna, they just had their 60th anniversary. Um, and obviously, been on Earth a long time, but still, that's a long-time partnership um, that's coming to an end shortly. Mercury this week runs from 23 Virgo through 7 Libra, shifting into Libra on October 4th, which gives him out of Earth where he's into the details, mired in the debt and the data. He has a clarity of vision when he has that opposition to Neptune. That was on October 2nd. He also has a parallel declination opposite to Neptune. So he really sees things clearly. And then uh, Mercury is just busy. He's doing a lot. He's going pretty fast, 23 to 7. So he's going 14 degrees this week. That's a lot of Mercury. That's a lot of information coming at you. And as he changes into Libra, he's going to try and find a little more balance. But that, um, that shift into Libra happens on the 4th, where suddenly now he's seeking, you know, let's kind of try and find a balance about how we do it. Venus this week is... Um, running from 24 Leo into 24 Leo into Virgo. She meets up with the nodes of fate on October 2nd. Um, and she also is pretty angry. She trines Uranus. 
but then she has that finger of God that she forms between October 3rd and October 6th. Again, that's when it's exact, but we, we feel it coming in, that we have to make faded choices about how to proceed. Mars this week is super busy. He has a quincunx to Uranus, forming that finger of God with Uranus. He also has a quincunx to Neptune, uh, which is the other finger, and his finger of God runs from October 1st through uh, October 5th. He ends his finger of God with a square to Pluto, and he also hits those nodes. He dives into the south node on October 4th. Emotionally, he separates on October 5th. So Mars is super busy. Uh, he is running from 22 Libra through 27, almost 28 Libra. The other planets are pretty well behaved. Uh, we do have, you know, dreams of what you want your partnerships to be. And we also have Juno in a positive, partnering, wanting to flow with the note of fate. Venus and Juno both want to work with the note of fate and say, this is what I'm looking for. So a lot of times we're going to feel our relationships are changing and shifting as we go towards this new direction. The moon, whoops, sorry. Is my calendar landing on the moon? So the moon, um, 7 September, wrong month. <laughs> like, wait, that's not right. All right. Yeah, no, no, October. Okay, so this week, uh, the moon is in Taurus on Sunday, and it went void at 9.20 Monday night with a nice trine to Pluto. Today, it entered Gemini at 1.03, Tuesday the 3rd, it entered Gemini, and it will be in Gemini on Tuesday, Wednesday, going void at 2.34 p.m. with a sextile to Venus, so that's a positive closing aspect of a sextile. And then it's void for uh, the day, the afternoon, Thursday afternoon, from 2.34 until 8.32 when it enters Cancer, and it'll be in Cancer the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, going void at 3.12 p.m. with an opposition to Pluto. So the, mo the moon's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday until 2.34 in the morning are easy, and then Thursday, Friday, the moon's in Cancer and a little crabbier. The moon is void for a couple of hours on Sunday from 3.12 p.m. until it enters Leo at 7.24, and it'll be in Leo on the 7th. The evening of Saturday night, it'll be in Leo the Sunday the 8th, and it will be in Leo on Monday the 9th, and it will go void at 5.30 in the morning on Tuesday the 10th. Yes, 5.30 in the morning at, with the sextile to Mars. So the Cancer moon's crabby, the one on Friday, from, uh, from uh, the one on Thursday and Friday. It's very crabby through 3 o'clock, 3.12 East Coast time on Saturday. And then this, then Sunday night, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, next week, the moon's happy. And the moon's happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So this is a, you know, this is an interesting week with Thursday and Friday being tough. And of course the moon's in Cancer with an opposition to Pluto. A struggle, a power struggle. Um, and we know what that's going to be. All right. Hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to work with the energy of the week. And apologies for, uh, well, I mean, it, it just, <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> I just didn't have the bandwidth. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I will ask you all. I'm going to have to have surgery uh, in November. I'm not going to do it during the eclipse time, but we're planning it now. Cataract surgery that is known about, but also I'm going to have to have some um, surgery on my Scorpio parts. So I would ask you to uh, keep me in your prayers. Um, and off we go. Okay, then next up, as mentioned, October 13th through October 13th, we're going to have the New Moon webinar. That will be up on the website next week. And uh, for the New Moon eclipse that happens on October 14th, for those of you who like a little advance notice. All right, let's talk about astrology and events. And I have to say, you know, there has been a lot going on in the world. So I picked two that I thought were particularly interesting. One, Rupert Murdoch's, this is the politics part, my favorite part. Uh, Rupert Murdoch, who was born on May, March 11th, 1931, at 11.59 p.m. in Melbourne, Australia, stepped down as the leader of Fox News. Um, of course, Fox had that big lawsuit where they lost a lot of money and the shareholders are all mad. But this is Rupert Murdoch's chart. And I find it very interesting because I, I had to think about who I was going to do. You know, Elon Musk, too. Both of them are not from this country, and both of them are naturalized citizens of the United States. And to my mind, both of them are very badly behaved citizens of this country, with Elon Musk stopping the satellites over Ukraine, helping Putin, and Rupert with his um, Fox News, <clears throat> his alternate world view of things that didn't even report on his three-quarters of a billion dollars settlement to uh, the voting machine company. So at any rate, Rupert got kicked out. Quit. Now mind you, he's 92, so he's up there in age. And when uh, asked during a deposition, was he red or blue, he said, I'm green. I'm green. And we see that with this Saturn-Pluto opposition in his chart. right? So he's got a Saturn-Pluto opposition, and he's a Pisces. Now a lot of times people go, Oh, Pisces, they're so gentle and kind and nice. And he actually has Jupiter in Cancer, which is an exalted Jupiter ruling that Pisces sun. But he also has, um, this is where, yeah, Pisces can be gentle, kind, and nice totally. It's, but it's the ocean. Oceans are hurricanes. Oceans are the, um, you know, the capes down the cape. The, the bottoms of, of South America, the bottoms of Africa, where the waves are 40 feet high. So yes, he is, he is an ocean guy with the Sun-Mercury conjunction, but he also has Uranus on that north node in Aries. He is a disruptor. That's his job. And it's while it's a little wide, he has Uranus square Pluto, which is, of course, when, he, when his companies were lying, and that's what got him into trouble when the Uranus squared Saturn here. So we go back to 99 when Uranus squared Saturn, and we go back to 2021 where Uranus squared Saturn. So he has that natal configuration. I am a shit stirrer, and I mean that in a very, uh, uh, not in a kind way, but I mean that in a very, that's who he is. And so I'm kind of like, you come to this country and you, shirt, you stir the shit here? Like, go away. We don't need you here. Um, you know, but again, everybody serves their purpose. Everybody has a reason why they're here. So we're going to give Rupert, he has a reason why he's here. 
But he does have the Venus in Aquarius, which doesn't always, because the Venus in Aquarius answers to the Saturn and Capricorn opposite the Pluto. That's that. I want to. I want to have this focus and grab. I want to grab onto things. Now the other thing that happens, which I thought was interesting, because I was researching it, Fox News started in 1914. It was originally built back then. And if you think about what was going on in 1914, that was World War One, right? So I'm like, wow, because he bought the company and expanded it into what we now know as Fox News and The Sun. And, and he causes a lot of problems in England with his stuff over there. And he causes a lot of problems here with his Wall Street Journal and his yeah, Wall Street Journal. He owns the Wall Street Journal, he owns Fox News, and he owns The Post. Um, so, uh, you know, it's appealing, but, but definitely appealing from the position of maintaining power. Jupiter-Pluto opposition is a power dynamic. Or, I'm sorry, Saturn-Pluto opposition is a power dynamic. And he's like, okay, how do I get maximum power? What is that about? With Pluto in Cancer here, it answers to his moon in Sagittarius. Of course, that's publishing, writing, communication. But you know those Sages, they can be very provocative. And that Sag moon runs his exalted Jupiter in Cancer but it also runs his fallen Mars in Cancer. And that Mars and Pluto are joined. They're, they're the apex of them. They're both opposite Saturn and Capricorn. So, and he has Uranus on the North Node. He is here to really transform things and shift them. Now, he's having a nodal return, which is partly why he's stepping down. He is also 92. But we see that chart. When we look at the time for his leaving, and stepping down, uh, you know, the departure of Rupert, we see Uranus here on the Chiron in Pisces, or Chiron in um, uh, Taurus. We also see the progressed moon two and a half months ago on that part of fortune when he cost everybody a lot of money, he cost the stockholders a lot of money, and the lawsuits are happening. We also see his progressed ascendant on his Mercury in Pisces. Um, you know, what that vision is. And part of the, you know, part of the expediency of his chart, meaning he will side with whoever he thinks is going to win Moon and Sag, as opposed to the, the side of, like, what's the right thing to do. He also has Jupiter on a world point by progression, 22 and a half Cancer, when he stepped down. And he also has Mercury up here on, on Pallas Athena. Now, he has an older daughter from the first wife, three children from the second, two children from the third. So the, th the four older kids, because the, the ones with Wendy Ding were young, they're young still, but the other ones are all pretty old. So his designated takeover, um, her, well, this is Rupert in New York. You can see Jupiter, Uranus, Uranus coming to the ascendant in the New York chart because he is a citizen of, he lives in New York City, and he has houses all over. But he has Uranus on the Ascendant in New York, and I think that's his primary residence. So we see Uranus on the Ascendant, and we see the, um, the nodes. So that's, of course, a break. You know, he's breaking, he's stepping down, he's leaving. It's been in the 12th house. Um, and he also has, um, uh, what else? There was a couple other things. Of course, I prepared this last week, and then every... Oh, he's got Mars, transiting Mars on the south node of changing his daily work. 
and as Mars has progressed out of Leo, where it was for many years, into Virgo. So now Mars and Virgo, uh, more accountability for behavior. He's not the king anymore. Lachlan is one of his sons. He has two daughters and two sons that are older. Uh, Lachlan's chart is September 8th, 1971 in England, born in Wimbledon, England. And Lachlan's a Virgo uh, with Mercury and Leo. And of course, the Venus star point, the Sun-Venus conjunction, is on Lachlan's Mercury and Leo. So he's, you know, raised to be the king, right? His father was a king. Mercury is on Regulus, the king star, and that's the ruler of the sun. And he also has Pluto at the last degrees of Virgo, getting the trine from Pluto. So Lachlan's chart's active now. It'll be active again in January. It'll be active next fall when we have our elections, when Pluto in Capricorn trines that Uranus, trines that Pluto in Virgo in his chart. He is a Taurus rising moon in Taurus um, and uh, also has Jupiter in Scorpio. Opposite Saturn in Gemini. Not the straightest dealer. Mercury rules the, in Leo rules that Saturn. So he's got a chart that can say one thing and do another. Um, and of course, you know, if you watched, uh, I don't know if it's Succession or Billions, one of the two of them, it's modeled after the Murdoch Empire. So he appears to have won, for the time being, the road of succession. We'll see what actually happens. He also is having Saturn, squaring his Saturn in Gemini, and squaring his Neptune. So that was when the trial was. <clears throat> and when uh, the Dominion lawsuit won, uh, they, they settled. But he's got another trial, Saturn and Gemini, coming with the Smartmatic voting machines. So he's got a big Saturn transit happening right now in Pisces, you know, in a um, accountability square. So Saturn's in a closing square to his natal Saturn, saying you have to be accountable. <clears throat> and he has Saturn and Gemini, saying he has to be accountable for words. And he has Mercury and Leo. On the Mercury is in its detriment in Leo, so I'm not thinking this is a better replacement. And because this chart is so active now, January time frame of next year, as well as um, next fall during the elections. So we'll see what happens. This is his ascending the throne, dad leaving, uh, and he gets to take over. For the time being, we'll see what happens when Papa dies. If you know, there's a coup thing going on over there or if he's really successfully banished his brother James. Um, we also have over here the moon in Pisces. So we're seeing that on the Neptune. A bit of a pig in a poke you're getting here, Lachlan. But also with that sextile uh, forward. And he is, um, he's got Mars on that north node. And right now he, the, the Mars, in, the progressed Mars in his chart is having a little bit of a problem with the semi-sextile from Pluto. Of course, that's that's baited a bit. You know, the first settlements happened, but we have the second one coming. So we'll see what happens with him. <clears throat> not not loving him. I mean, it's going to be one of the kids for sure. But you can see the progressed Jupiter here is opposite as Saturn. Now on to the fight for this week. Kevin McCarthy versus Matt Gates. Um, this is one of those interesting charts. Um, Kevin McCarthy, we have a valid birth time, January 26, 1965, uh, 12.40 p.m. 
Kevin is having his second Saturn return. His Saturn is three degrees of Pisces at the top of the chart. <clears throat> he has the moon in Sagittarius square that Saturn tightly. Now he references his dad a lot when he talks about things. You know, my father was a fireman, moon in Sag, and he said you just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. We know he went through a bruising um, election process in January to get the speakership. 15 votes. This is where astrology is very kind of cool. Look at Pluto there at 15 Virgo. Um, he, <laughs> 15 votes to get the job. And, uh, and he had to make a lot of concessions opposite the Chiron in Pisces. So he worked to get it strongly. He also has Mercury and Venus and Capricorn answering to his Saturn in Pisces. He is a sun in Aquarius answering to Saturn in Pisces. So even though Saturn's high in his chart and he wants power and authority, he has Saturn in a fairly weak sign. Um, and because he, the ruler of those Capricorn and Aquarius planets is a little bit weak, this is where people complain about him um, not keeping his word. Because he's going to change it. Saturn and Pisces ships like the water, the tides. It goes in, it goes out. What do I need to say to get what I need and make you happy so I can go forward and get what I want? Um, and he has Saturn at the top. So Saturn at the top is one of those signs that promises a fall if you're not behaving well. But it also makes him slippery because water is slippery. Think about when you go to the, when you go to the pool and it's wet and they say, you know, no running, the tile gets slippery, right? He also has Jupiter on a world point at the place where Jupiter is now. Although Jupiter's not quite on his Jupiter. It gets back there again next spring in April. So I'm not sure he's getting taken out on this new thing with Matt Gates wanting to take him out. Because he's not having his Jupiter return. He's got Jupiter in the dark of the thing. And he's not finished with his Saturn transit. That doesn't happen until January. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's always interesting to watch the astrology unfold. And he's got Saturn right now at 1 Pisces on the Midheaven, square to Saturn. Our, our next is his natal Saturn square to his moon, which is the public. Now, Matt Gates, of course, we don't have a time for him, but I'm going to go with a... I, I set a solar chart, and then I was looking at it and going, hmm, I'm thinking Matt's like a Leo rising, you know. Uh, he's a Taurus sun. He's born on May 7th, 1982 at 1 p.m. So he has, a, he's born on a full moon in Scorpio, right? Taurus, Sun, Scorpio moon. And his Mars is in Libra on a world point where Mars is going this week. Uh, not Mars is going, Mercury is going this week on to Libra. And Mars is in Libra now, right? But it's further along. And Mars is right now between his natal Saturn in Libra and his natal Pluto in Libra. Now, there is an adage, when you come for the king, make sure you kill him. Uh, Matt Gates is currently under ethics investigation in the House, and Kevin, of course, is the Speaker of the House. So, if Matt does not kick Kevin out this week, because he just brought a motion to vacate the chair last night, because he didn't like the fact 
that Matt kept, that Kevin made a deal to keep the United States government open. I'm always like, why are you sending people to Washington if they don't believe in government? They don't believe in running the government well. Why are you going to close it down and make all these people go without pay? I got family members that work for the government. My brother-in-law works for Army Corps of Engineers, so I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, furlough and vacation. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then, you know, now he has to work because the government's open for another 45 days. But I, I'm, you know, looking at this chart, I kind of feel like this is Matt. Matt would probably be a Leo rising with, the, with all the huffing and the puffing that he does. And he has that Leo rising look, you know. Um, but he is a moon in Scorpio. So you got to watch those moons in Scorpio, folk. He also has Venus in Aries, which is the planet of war. Now remember, Venus is in her detriment in Aries. But she rules his midheaven, his Taurus sun, his Chiron. He has Mercury on the world point in Gemini. And, of course, that forms a T-square with Kevin. So, And he also has Mercury opposite Uranus. Now, just today... One, one of the Democrats was saying, well, do we pick between a sociopath or an ineffective guy? You know, like, are they, the Democrats going to step forward and help the Republicans, or are they going to let them fall apart? We'll see what happens. Uh, again, we have this big week, so we're going to see the energy. Now, when we put, we don't have a time for, for Matt, so we're going to use Kevin's charters because we have a good time for him. So we put the two together, and they have not gotten along ever. Um, and it, it's interesting, you know, I'm reading Cassidy Hutchinson's new book, uh, Enough, and, you know, Matt Gates said, yeah, I dated her, and Cassidy's like, he never dated me, <laughs> you know, and he was hitting on her at one point, and when they were up at Camp David, and Kevin said, Matt, go home, like, go home, like, stop hitting on this kid. Um, so they don't like each other, and you can you can really see the sinistry of not liking in this chart. So uh, Kevin's Jupiter is in Taurus behind the scenes, and that's where Jupiter is now, that grand trine in Earth, right? But not quite at it. Jupiter stopped. It's going backwards now. And Matt's son is on Kevin's 12th house, Jupiter. So he is Kevin's enemy. Uh, he's bringing him, wants to bring him demise. He's got Mercury in the first house in Gemini on there, uh, on Kevin's ascendant at four Gemini. So this is that dialogue they have, you know, bring it on. I did, you know, the Twitter wars kind of thing. And the spats and the fights. Uh, we have over here um, Matt's ascendant down here in the fourth house of Kevin. You know, I'm giving him a Leo ascendant. Solar chart, he would have it. And, and he does have that sun-moon opposition. So his dad was a local politician and fairly wealthy, Matt Gates' father. And, of course, he's a lawyer, but he hasn't paid his dues, so he's been suspended from the bar in Florida because he didn't pay his dues. This is who this guy is. He has this moon in Scorpio, Jupiter in Scorpio, and his Uranus is on Kevin's moon. Now, that is not active right this second. It's not to say Matt's not going to come back again in January, because he probably will, um, if he doesn't get rid of him now, right? And then we have Matt's Neptune on Kevin's south node. And over here, this is the war. This is the real war energy. Kevin has that Mercury, Venus, uh, Juno, and Matt and Matt's Juno is right on there. Remember, Juno takes four years to go around the circle. So these guys are in this partnership, and we see Venus with Juno in the sky, 
right now, so we know that Kevin is having a natal excitation of his Juno. We also see Matt's south node on Kevin's Juno, Venus, Mercury. Matt wants to take away what Kevin wants. And we also see up here, uh, Vesta, interestingly, Matt's Vesta is in the sign of Vesta, which is the sign of the house. So Kevin is, of course, the speaker of the house, and Matt's Vesta is up there. I helped make you speaker, I eventually gave you my vote, and now I can withhold my vote and take it away. We also see Matt's fallen Venus, now remember Venus is in Aries, fallen on the part of fortune. So we have an ethics investigation going on against Matt Gates as he um, brings this vote to vacate the chair. So it'll be very interesting to see if Kevin survives the vote and then expels Matt from the house. Now he didn't get rid of Santos, <laughs> who lied, made up his whole resume, now being indicted on whatever. But it'll be interesting to see if Kevin kills off Matt. If this, come for the king, but you better kill me. And if he doesn't, we'll see. You know, this this is like a big fight. And this is the, the thing that's kind of promised in the chart this week. Um, of course, if Kevin vacates the house and gets un unelected, who's going to be the new speaker of the house? Do the Democrats step forward to help him? And as the guy said, I, I, we have to pick between the sociopath, which would be the Matt Gates, and the ineffective leader, which would be Kevin. So we'll see. Uh, Kevin is having his Saturn return. Um, and he is having, you know, part of the problem people have with him is he doesn't keep his word. And he also, um, what you know, he's got ambition, which he does have, and he works hard to get what he wants. But it also, he's got Matt coming after him. Now Matt has Mars and Libra, and the Mars and Libra answers to the Venus in Aries. So they're in mutual reception. But it also means that Matt's Taurus planets are definitely run by that nasty little Venus in Aries. And his Mars and Libra runs that Scorpio stuff. Now if mutual reception is working and we're working for our higher good, Matt wins. If mutual reception is not working, Matt loses and he gets kicked out. So it'll be interesting to watch. I am a betting woman, and not a big win, but I'm going to bet a dollar. Kevin survives this, but Matt comes back for him if Matt doesn't get kicked out. Now the eclipses, of course, are weighing in. So the eclipses are in the house, they're on Matt's Saturn-Pluto midpoint. So that new moon is down there on that Saturn-Pluto, and part of Matt's issue is Saturn retrograde, Pluto retrograde, in Libra, answering to Venus and Aries, I can do whatever I want. I didn't get disciplined as a kid. I don't have to follow the rules. And um, Kevin follows the rules, but Matt doesn't. So we'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that no to fate with Mars on Arcturus and Spica on, on Matt's, um, in Matt's third house or on his midpoint of his Saturn, Pluto, and Libra, if that takes him out. So I'm kind of betting on Kevin. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. It's an interesting, it's an interesting power dynamic, and this is a good way 
you know, when you're having, you know, Kevin's got Saturn in the mid oven on his Saturn, Saturn return. He's worked hard in government, you know. You may not like him or like what he does, but that's part of the, the journey. But Matt's having really interesting transits too because this ape, this big, huge helicopter thing <laughs> that's in the sky is happening as we're going to have this fight in Congress over whether Kevin maintains his... Uh, power as a Speaker of the House. And of course, if he doesn't, then we have to find a new Speaker of the House. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and Or if Kevin comes after Matt, because Kevin's got that Uranus-Pluto-Mars, which is, those are the dogs, those are the police dogs um, that, you know, you unleash back in the Civil Rights Movement, because Kevin was born during the Civil Rights Movement. And his police dogs have a very strong energy to Matt's son. So I'm thinking Kevin dogs, Kevin's dogs beat, beats Max. But this is where we get to wait and see how it all turns out. So hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to deal with the energy of the week ahead. Um, we have Patreon available. Uh, you get a 6 to 10 minute audio recording with timed aspects sent to you directly and no, nothing else new to report. So I'll wish you a great day, and hopefully this week will be a little more organized, and I'll get that podcast up on Sunday. So have a good week. Remember, we are in eclipse season. The eclipses are coming. The eclipses are coming. We got that really interesting Healy all week taking us into new places. Now that we see it in the government in the United States, where is it happening in your chart? taking you on a helicopter ride or maybe a magic carpet ride uh, like I always like that song um, have a good one take care Anne Ortley signing off bye <laughs>